Well, good evening, 63 people. How's your Friday night going? Mine too. Uh, wonderful. So I've been sitting at home for probably, what is it, quarter after nine, about an hour. Um, I came home from the Whistle Stop Cafe where I was doing some dusty chores apparently. And I had planned on doing a live stream and I sat down at my computer and I just I'm drawing blanks. There's so much stuff going on that I'm having a hard time finding anything to talk about. Weird, right? It's not really weird if you've watched The Simpsons. How many of you watch The Simpsons? Longest running TV show in history. And still going strong, by the way. You remember that episode where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and he's like, Doctor, what's wrong with me? And the doctor says, well, Mr. Burns, you have one of everything. And he shows this thing about all the diseases trying to get into Mr. Burns' body to kill him, but they get stuck in the door because there's so many. That's kind of how my thoughts are right now. There's so many thoughts, it's hard to pick one. Of course, uh, it's a little different than Mr. Burns because uh, he left saying, so what you're saying is I'm invincible. Excellent. You remember? Yeah. It was a great episode. Anyhow, so uh, like I do sometimes when I can't collect my thoughts and uh, figure out something that I want to talk about, I read. But not for very long because I have no time. So a lot of times I skim stuff. So today I picked up my McLean's magazine, this one here. I bought this at Walmart because the title says, and that's Daniel Smith, conspiracy theorist, visionary, folksy kook, which Daniel Smith will run Alberta now? <clears throat> so I bought this magazine because, um, you know, I figured it, if it's not good for anything else, at least if I run out of toilet paper, I have uh, some good magazine print. And then as I flip through the pages, I realized that'd be incredibly uncomfortable. So I should read it instead. I bought this because I don't believe what the cover's saying. Anyhow, bear with me for a moment. I'm going to read an excerpt out of this article um, about Daniel Smith. And it's, and it's titled... The Unsteady Reign of Daniel Smith. And then I'm going to get into my thoughts about, you know, this article and, and, and her unsteady reign and those types of things. By the way, she's really doing good for uh, being older than me. I mean, I'm way younger than her and I look way older. Anyhow, here we go. Bear with me. It's going to be difficult. Also, I forgot to turn the light on, so it's going to be hard for me to read this. Okay, here we go. So McLean's Magazine says, Smith is the most polarizing politician in Alberta and arguably in Canada, thanks largely to her inability to keep her foot out of her mouth and her susceptibility to some truly out there ideas. Freedom is really out there. In the lead up to the campaign, she mused about privatizing, privatizing hospitals and claimed that cancer is preventable, preventable until stage four. She falsely claimed Cherokee ancestry and refused the existence of mass graves around, or pardon me, refuted the existence of mass graves around residential schools. Last March, 
on a right-wing social media platform called Locals.com. Really? She trumpeted the fiction embraced by QAnon that Russia invaded Ukraine to fight neo-Nazis and shut down U.S.-funded bioweapons labs. <laughs> Sorry. Bear with me. I'll, I'll get to the point. Oh, my phone's gone. She has been especially vocal when spreading misinformation about COVID-19. She's compared vaccinated Canadians to supporters of Hitler and called unvaccinated people the most discriminated against groups she'd ever witnessed. In one of her first acts as premier, she implored her justice minister to drop criminal charges against Archer Pulowski, a preacher who, flir uh, who flouted lockdown restrictions. Like Ron DeSantis, the self-declared anti-woke presidential hopeful for whom she's expressed admiration, Smith can't quit COVID. There's more. But it wasn't just her out there pronouncements that inspired queasiness among moderates. It was also that she'd embraced and been embraced by the fringiest elements of the province's right wing. That includes an insurgent far right group called Take Back Alberta, which emerged out of the anti lockdown, -lockdown pro -tro protest and ended up giving Smith the ballots she needed to take control of the UCP. During the campaign, two former progressive conservative MLAs denounced Smith and endorsed the NDP. They couldn't stomach the thought of Smith running the province, especially with Alberta confronting multiple challenges, record-breaking population groups, growth, growth, <laughs> straining uh, uh, housing, what does it say, straining? Straining housing and infrastructure, Hospitals critically short of doctors, nurses, and beds. A school system grappling with shortages of teachers and cash. And one of Canada's worst opioid crises. The, the scandal-prone Smith did not seem to be the steadying hand the province needed. What a load of shit. What an absolute load of shit. I have a McLean's magazine from 1981. 80? 80 or 81. In a frame on the wall at the Wissestop Cafe. On the front cover is a cartoon representation of Pierre Elliott Trudeau and Margaret Thatcher facing off. And McLean's Magazine did a pretty cool um, article about how those two are facing off with their different approaches to governing. It was a fantastic article written 43 years ago when times were quite a bit different. Now... As I read this article in McLean's about Premier Daniel Smith, from the front cover to the title to the drivel written in the article, you can tell immediately that this is not um, a well-balanced or even fair article. There's so many things in here that are repeated by mostly the left or the anti-conservative or anti-Smith or whatever you want to say. And they're not even true. It's full of lies and misinformation. The same article claiming that the premier is spreading misinformation about COVID is literally spreading misinformation at almost every paragraph that's written. It says that she implored her health minister to drop, or pardon me, uh, implored the justice minister to drop the charges against Archie Pulowski. She, she did not. She said she would look into if there was anything that was within her scope as the premier 
to help people get through the challenges they were facing, to put the past behind them, so to speak, because what was happening to people wasn't fair. And when she found out that there was nothing she could do and that she couldn't even really talk about it, she dropped it because she's following the rules of politics, the rules of the premier. The article says that she's spreading misinformation about COVID. The information that Daniel Smith has talked about regarding COVID is largely from peer-reviewed studies and doctors and scientists across the world who just simply have a differing opinion than the mass hysterically accepted narrative. It's not misinformation. They're looking at the same facts and coming to different conclusions, which is kind of what science and scientists are about, but not these days. The article calls Take Back Alberta an insurgent group. Now, what is an insurgent group? An insurgent group is a group that injects itself into a society or politics or an organization or whatever to take it over from within. Is that a bad thing in a democracy? In a democracy, if we want to make changes, are we not supposed to become engaged in democracy and use our voices and change things from within? If we watch a political party get hijacked by narcissists and used to promote their federalist anti-Alberta policies, should we not interject ourselves in said organizations, use our voices as democracy demands and change things from within? McLean's magazine is actually speaking out against democracy. Take back Alberta and David Parker and and those who have been involved with the organization for the last couple of years, they're not insurgents. They're literally teaching Albertans how to become involved in politics, become engaged in politics. How do you use your voice in politics? It's teaching them to show up, be counted, and win. Because that's what you do in a democracy. If you want to make changes, you gather a whole bunch of people. You go, you use your voice, and you make the change. That's the beauty of democracy. It's the beauty of democracy. And it's also, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Because the other side says, if you don't do that, and another group who, let's say, for instance, likes tyranny, high taxes, unchecked socialism, anti-human policy, if more of them show up than common sense uh, people who are grounded in humanity and believe in the sanctity of life, well, the outlook's not going to be very good. Democracy is a math problem. It's math. It's numbers. It's simple. More numbers wins. That's what Take Back Alberta is, is teaching. So that's, uh, honestly, that's all I've read. Because uh, I, I read the first little intro, skipped ahead a little bit because I was bored. And I, and I read those things. But I, I'm getting the feeling of what this article is about. And you know what? To be fair... I will read the whole thing. I'll get through the whole thing because maybe it spins it in the end and it says something uh, positive about the premier. I, I, I hope it does. But really the narrative McLean's magazine is spinning is that our premier is either a conspiracy theorist, a visionary, or a folksy kook. McLean's magazine says that Daniel Smith's tenure as premier has been unstable. It has been unstable. And if it hadn't been, I would be very, very concerned. 
Things are shaking up in this province, and they're shaking up big time. We have people speaking out against the narrative. We have people standing up and sticking their necks out and saying things like, contrary to the lack of perspective McLean's magazine put on it, saying things like, the unvaccinated are are the were the most discriminated against in the last however many years that I've seen. That was the statement. And it was true. In the last 30 years, have you seen anybody that wasn't allowed to go to a restaurant or use a restroom or drink from a water fountain or travel? Not even, I mean, we, we don't even get a seat on the bus. Trudeau literally said that don't expect if you're unvaccinated that you're going to be able to get on the bus. That is outright discrimination. The premier was correct. The unvaccinated have been discriminated against and they have been the most discriminated against group in recent history. Oh no. Oh, does that mean that I'm saying that there was no one else being discriminated against ever? Give your heads a shake, you wacko lefty loony mob. That's not what I said. Of course, people have been discriminated against in the past. My ancestors were discriminated against. Would you believe that? Yeah. They were actually slaves. Yeah, white slaves, Irish slaves. The lowest of the low in the United States when slavery was at its peak. But that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about recent history. We're talking about a time when we when we speak out against bullying day or bullies and bullying day. We speak out against bullies. We wear specific colored t-shirts to end bullying. We speak out against discrimination. We we speak out against racism. And then we discriminate against an entire group of people and celebrate it. We allow rags like McLean's magazine to make those things look like they're like they're virtuous. And then they slam people who speak out against it. So yeah, her tenure as premier will be unstable. It's going to be very unstable. Why? Because when you're trying to fix things, it's not easy. And you'll know that if you've ever tried to fix anything in your life. Specifically anything that involves people. Her, her time as premier is not going to be stable. It'll be anything but. She said she wants to stand up against the federal government and their in infringement on Alberta's sovereign jurisdictions. One of the first things she did is she passed a bill called the Alberta Sovereignty Act within United Canada. And in conversations with the Premier, me and some of my colleagues have brought it up with her like, hey, we need to do something different because we've been trying to do this within United Canada for 117, 118 years and nothing's worked. We need to do something different. We need to stand up for ourselves. We need to have a referendum on independence and show Ottawa that we mean business. And she says, you know what? I think if we show up and we we stand our ground, I think we can change things and save Canada. She wants a United Canada. Knowing full well that if it doesn't work, Alberta needs to stand up and say enough is enough. That's not a very popular opinion. There's a lot of people, a lot of politicians, a lot of political parties that benefit tremendously off the 
flawed system that we have now. The imbalance of power between the West and the East in Canada is beneficial to many, like billions of dollars beneficial to many. If you don't believe me, look into look into uh, uh, the time when Alberta was being courted to join this confederation we call Canada. The Minister of the Interior, Cliff, Clifford Sifton, said, and I'm not going to quote it because I can't remember the exact quote, but he said something to the effect of, we, in Central and Eastern Canada, wish for the West to join this confederation so that their resources could enrich our factories and our lives in the East. We want the West to join confederation so that we can have their wheat and their lumber and their ore and it can enrich our factories and lives in the East. Right from the very beginning, it was designed that way. And now it's getting to the point where we're realizing that we really probably should fix this imbalance of power. We shouldn't have this taxation without representation. And yes, we are experiencing that right now because Alberta has spoken out very vocally against the carbon tax. Alberta, no matter what we do, we cannot change anything policy-wise or, or uh, uh, legislation-wise with our member of parliament voices in the West because Eastern Central Canada, you know, they, they have the votes. So we're not represented properly and we're taxed. That's taxation without representation. Danielle Smith is speaking out against that. One of the things she's identified is the Alberta Pension Plan or the idea of an Alberta pension plan. Part of the fair deal panel uh, was looking at this and the, and, and the results came back and said, hey, Alberta overfunds the Canada pension plan by $3 billion per year. The Canada pension plan of the 10 or 15% of the fund that actually gets invested doesn't get a good return because they're so woke, they're going broke. It's a broken system. It's not working. Our pensioners suffer for it. We overfund by $3 billion. The constitution of this country, the constitution uh, that was in place when we joined this confederation, says that Alberta has the right to manage their own pension plan. And so we should. I don't want the resources and wealth and riches of our pensioners being used to enrich the lives of Eastern Canada. That's not how that should work. We should manage our own affairs we should manage them responsibly under the accountability of people who show up and pay attention to politics. And we could benefit for it. $3 billion per year equals about $4,000 and change for every pensioner in this province. That's a big deal. That's a big deal in a time where our pensioners have to choose between, you know, buying healthy food and paying their utility bills over the winter. But of course, it's going to be unstable. Why? Well, because how many people benefit off this? You know, when the NDP gets up to the podium and says, we don't care what Alberta wants, we won't support an Alberta pension plan. You know that it's a good thing for Alberta if we have a pension plan, because they've done that. Did you see that? That snide little weasel stood up. Am I not allowed to call people names? Or am I? I'm not a politician. So I can call them names. A sly little weasel got up to the podium and said, no, absolutely not. We won't support that. 
Well, what if Alberta holds a referendum and Alberta says we want to manage our own pension plan? No, we won't support it. Why wouldn't you support the will of the province? Why wouldn't you support the will of the people of Alberta? What's behind that? Well, let me tell you. Maybe some of the unions or some of the organizations or NGOs that are supported by the NDP benefit tremendously from the Canada Pension Plan investing that 10 or 15% in bullshit investments that have nothing to do with managing money properly and everything to do with funneling it into businesses that wouldn't otherwise survive without government subsidy. For example, you guessed it, green business. So you see, we should be happy that things look unstable because we're fixing some things. Now let's get to the tough part about this. Claims Magazine, their left-leaning woke mobster writers are no worse than people from our own side. No, I'm not saying that because I got a $2 million check from the government to support them. Nobody has paid me any money. I say that because I see the same thing happening from people on our freedom side. I say them, I, I, I hear them and I see them saying things that are patently false. As a matter of fact, I've had to distance myself from some groups, you know, without trying to slam them or whatever, because I watched those things occurring. I watched people lie and twist the truth and alter reality in order to garner support from themselves, and I won't have any of it. Which, you know, isn't very beneficial to me because, uh, you know, I'll share my opinion with you whether you like it or not. And so I shed support on this side and I shed support on that side because I'm planted firmly in the middle. And I say we should be pursuing the truth and we should be speaking the truth as best we can. And if we're not doing that or if we're allowing our side to twist the truth to try and garner support from whoever, then. How are we any different than them? I keep holding this up like not different than the Premier, but I mean McLean's Magazine. It's very frustrating. You know, I said something to someone today that even surprised me. What I said was, there is no such thing as unity, and there will never be unity. Why? There will there is no unity. There's no such thing. What there is is a temporary cooperation when people have alignment in certain areas. When people are were aligned with me because they couldn't go to the bar or they couldn't go shopping or they couldn't go to a, a hockey game, they were with me. They were unified with me. We had this unbreakable resolve to stick together and get our freedom back. And when that happened, we no longer had that alignment. And there was there, the unity that appeared to be there in the first place was exposed to be false. It wasn't unity. It was a temporary cooperation because we were, had a, we were aligned in one area. 
Now, because I correctly observe that the lines we see in the sky could not possibly be a bunch of chemicals and they're very likely nothing but steam. Well, I am unaligned with a lot of people. Now, because I refuse to spread the lie that our government is murdering people or that there is a genocide going on, there are people that aren't aligned with me because that's what they believe. There was no unity. I watched a friend of mine pledge his life and allegiance to another friend of mine, saying he's such a great man and just everyone needs to support him. And then shortly thereafter, be like, well, you know, we're not aligned. I mean, love the guy, but I'm just going to do something different. It wasn't a unity. It was a temporary cooperation because of our alignment. Now, is there anything wrong with that? Probably not. That's kind of how we should be able to function in a free and democratic society. We should be able to observe where we have alignments and synergies with other people and other groups and work towards common goals, knowing full well that we may not be unified in everything. We should be able to do that. That's how we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to accept the fact that we're different and we're supposed to we're supposed to find opportunities to work together in uh what what's the what's the word work together even though we have those differences that's how we win and you want a good example look at india india was made up of christians muslims hindus sikhs atheists most of whom are at each other's throats, still are. And they found an alignment and they worked together for a time for common cause. And they gained their freedom and, the ind and independence from the British. Now, what happened after? Well, they no longer had that temporary cooperation because of the alignment they had to their goal. They started fighting and there's been war ever since. But even them, even they, even they who were killing each other knew that they can set aside their differences and work to, together towards a common goal. Interesting, hey? This fall, um, there's an AGM for the United Conservative Party, who is our government. The United Conservative Party is our governing party under the leadership of Daniel Smith. A few years ago, that party and the leader, Jason Kenney, disappointed me more than I ever thought politicians could. The, the leader of our government, our premier, called me a scofflaw and told other Albertans that they should be mad at me. He told Albertans, not, no, not using my name, he told Albertans that this is a problem of the unvaccinated. And if only the unvaccinated would just do their part, everybody can have their freedoms back. That's enough to make anybody's blood boil. Anywho, I was uh, really upset with the government. 
You know what I did? I started attending their AGMs. I started going to their events and listening and learning and meeting people and finding out that, hey, you know, I'm not alone thinking that what the government is doing is wrong. Even the government of the day knew that what they were doing is wrong. Even the MLAs under the leadership of Jason Kenney knew what Jason Kenney was doing wrong. Or what he was, that he was doing, what he was doing was wrong. And in those conversations I had with them, they would express that to me. And that really blew my mind. And I started thinking, well, if all these MLAs know what's happening is wrong, and they know that the premier's a narcissistic federalist that was using smoke and mirrors to hoodwink Alberta into supporting his premiership as a stepping stone for being the prime minister. What the heck does that mean? At the time, I thought that I wanted to be an MLA. I thought, well, if only I could get elected as an MLA, I can make some difference. I can be a voice in the government for the people. And we can change things. And then I started talking to MLAs, and I realized that's not the case. That is not the case. The people of this province give the MLAs their voices. And if the people of the province aren't giving those MLAs the mandate to stand up and do the right thing, they cannot do the right thing. And it's not a matter of courage. Well, I guess it is in, in some, some degree. It is a matter of courage. But it's also a matter of survival. And I don't just mean surviving and keeping their job. I mean surviving and holding the reins of government so that you can make little changes and do things. Because as we've seen in the past, when politicians try to take on, take on too much, bite off more than they can chew, the opposition has a heyday. And there's been times where our neighbors to the west there in British Columbia, they lost government. Because they didn't play the stupid political game. And I think the same thing would happen here. You know, if if I had, if, if the world was, the universe is totally different, and I had run for the UCP leadership and won, and become the premier of this province, gone in there, guns ablaze, and not, I sh ooh, shouldn't say guns, I don't mean guns, gone in there like a bull in a china shop, just doing this and doing that and doing this. Do you know what would have happened? The opposition would have torn the government to pieces. The people of the province wouldn't have been ready for that, and the government would topple and we'd have an NEP government. That's a fact. I mean, I'm sure you can... You, try and change my mind, but you're not going to. I'm 44 years old, and I've watched this happen other times in my life. So I realized this isn't about getting elected. This isn't about being in the legislature. This is about changing the hearts and the minds of the people of this province. So they know what to vote for. They know what to ask for. People don't even know we have a problem. The majority of people in this province, you know, they're part of the freedom movement because we all had the same problem. We couldn't go to a restaurant and have a hamburger, except for the Wissestop Cafe, because, you know, we were serving hamburgers. And by the way, if the government ever does that again, my restaurant won't close. If they ever have a Vax pass or whatever, I will not enforce that. Um, and, you know, I guess if you don't like that, well, call the cops. I'm sure they'd be happy to come and be the arm of the Alberta Health Service 
imposing their illegal restrictions on my restaurant again. Where was I going with this? Ah, yes. I realized that the people in the province needed to know what the problem was. Now, big picture, global picture, we have outside influences that are doing everything they can to infiltrate our politics and create policies that make their friends rich. The World Economic Forum and their unbelievably like cartoon evil overlord Klaus Schwab. Like, seriously, you couldn't even Hollywood couldn't do a better job of making a supervillain than Klaus Schwab. The guy's villain-esque. And they have this club of extremely wealthy and powerful people and businesses that are trying to make policy in governments all across the world to benefit themselves. That's what's happening. This is, it's money. It's all about money and control. You know, there's some people that say, oh, you know, this whole COVID thing was made in a lab and released to, to it's a bioweapon trying to kill people. I don't think it was. I think it was probably, and you know what? This is complete opinion. I think it was probably some accident. And even if it wasn't, even if it was released, I don't think it was for the purpose of killing everybody or or uh, bringing in policy. I think that the people that are doing these things are opportunistic and they're watching what's going on in the world and they jumped at the opportunity to do what they wanted to do. They jumped at the opportunity to say, the COVID-19 pandemic has become a great opportunity to build back better. You remember that? I think it was opportunistic. And they did a very, very good job because they have in infiltrated our politics. We've allowed them to. Back in the 2008 days when uh, Harper and, and the conservative government were being courted by the WEF and you know they all thought this was a cool club. Did you know anything about the WEF? Did you know what they wanted to do and why? Or did you know about the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals on Agenda 2030? I, I actually did. I read it back then, and it was so unbelievable that I just said, you know, there's there's no way people are going to fall for this. There's no way people are going to fall for uh, ending oil and gas because we actually need it. And it's the thing that brought us out of uh, the dark ages. It's the thing that increased proper, prosperity and quality of life in humankind more than anything else in history. I didn't believe it. And here we are. There are people out there that tell you that, oh, they were all colluding and it was a big conspiracy to bring this to Canada. I disagree. I think this is a bunch of politicians who thought it was cool to be part of this club, not really knowing what it meant. And even worse, this club spent billions of dollars telling the people of Canada and all over the world that this is what they needed to ask for. They need to ask for these green energy things because as McLean's magazine said, do you remember? A few weeks ago or a few months ago, the cover of McLean's had an apocalyptic uh, scenario and it basically said, this is Alberta because they're climate deniers and all this. It's going to be a nuclear wasteland. It's going to look like Fallout 4. Hey, Chris Kelly, you like Fallout 4 too. Remember that? People have been convinced to the point where if you look at the polls, you know, take it with a grain of salt because polls, right? 
it's on Canadians' mind to fix the climate because there's a, an impending climate crisis. That's big on people's minds. It's not true. But that group that's trying to bring these policies in to make their friends rich and themselves rich and take our sovereign jurisdiction and our sovereignty away. Justin Trudeau even said Canada is going to be the first post-nation state. Do you know what that means? These politicians thought it was fashionable. And they signed these deals with lofty goals like the Paris Climate Accord. And when we signed that, how many people actually rallied against it? Did we have big freedom rallies? No, we were ushering in WEF policy into Canada. Nobody held a freedom rally. Nobody said, hey, this is going to undermine our democracy. Nobody said, hey, this is going to kill uh, the one thing that brought us more prosperity and human flourishing than we've ever experienced in the past. Nobody had a rally. There was lots of writers and political pundits and things like that that said things about it that, hey, we can't meet these goals. In order to do this, we have to shut down our energy industry, agriculture, and transportation, all of them gone 100%. And even then, we still might not meet the targets. There were no rallies. Fast forward a little bit, 2016, 2017, 2018, leading up to the pandemic. A lot of these policies were infiltrating our politics. And there were people right now who are telling you that they're the only people, they're the only person that you can support because they're the only ones speaking out against us. But guess what? They were in positions of power, influence, and authority when these things were happening and they didn't speak out then. Do you know why? It's the same reason our legislators and politicians didn't speak out. Well, most of them, maybe some of them knew. Because they had no freaking clue what that meant. They didn't even know that there was a problem that they needed to talk about. And only recently we've discovered this. Only recently we put these pieces of the puzzle together and we found out that, hey, you know, this isn't about saving the planet. This isn't about health. This is about an outside organization with Nazi, literal Nazi roots infiltrating our policy and getting us to beg for our own enslavement. That's what they're doing. And that's what's happened. They've been very successful at it. Very successful. They, and, and even worse, they've been successful in getting us to, to step on our own humanity. To hate being human. Be ashamed because you're white. Be ashamed because you're of European descent. Be ashamed. Celebrate abortions. Not just allow it, but celebrate them. We have TV shows literally celebrating ending a baby's life and claiming that it's virtuous. Celebrating the fact that the Liberal government in Canada has increased Canadians' access to medical assistance in dying unlike any other political party has done. Great leadership. Celebrating replacing farmland, food on farmland, with solar panels while we keep oil in the ground. We celebrate those things. Celebrating carbon capture, celebrating business entrepreneurs that are making these wonderful green innovations like masks that absorb methane from cows' burps. 
but be ashamed to believe in God. Be ashamed to be a man. That's what those groups have done. They have chipped away at all of the things that make humanity apart from animals. Your life has no value. You have no value. You don't even have a gender. Your race should be eliminated because, you know, you're the wrong color. And by wrong color, I mean white. And no, I don't believe any of those things. That's what these outside influences have done. They've been very successful at it. So successful that now, when we have politicians who believe in the sanctity of human life, who believe in human flourishing at all costs, who believe in freedom and prosperity and personal choice, oftentimes they can't even say it because the very people they represent will hang them for it. So you see, this is much less about politicians and getting elected and fixing things. And it's much more about shifting the path that society is taking. And fighting against McLean's Magazine and The Sun and The Post and The Star and all of those groups who tell you these lies. Not only do we have to fight against the woke left mob lying to us about these things. We have to deal with people from our own side doing the same thing. There's no unity. There's temporary cooperation because of a common goal or an alignment on one thing. And that's okay. I'm going to go back and look at a couple of questions. Should I? Should I look at the questions? I always forget to, but I'm going to anyway. We've been blind, trusting our leadership in government, but COVID woke us up. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? You know what? I, I actually haven't trusted the government at all in my adult life. I remember when I was just of voting age, I lived in British Columbia and we were in round two of a two term NDP government and it was horrendous. I mean, we were competing for $6.90 an hour jobs and there were none because of policy that they had brought in. You know, I and I didn't trust the government. They said one thing and they did another. I haven't really trusted the government ever since. But until the last three years, I haven't done a damn thing to try and fix anything. That's changed. Uh, what else have we got here? Are you guys still using the question marks on the uh, the question marks on the questions? Because that does make it easier. Oh, someone says, "I'm curious why you don't believe it was released purposely." Has this not been proven? You know what? There's a lot of things that purportedly are proven but it doesn't seem to hold water when it really matters. If that was actually proven, um, there would probably be something occurring for it, but nothing's happening. So it forces me to, I, I look at it this way. 
almost every time the simplest explanation is the correct one. Almost every time. It's called Occam's Razor. It's a pretty interesting uh, mythological tale. But usually the simplest explanation is the is the correct one. Now, if you are talking about the recent untested and unproven, inefficient and dangerous medical intervention that's been peer pressured on people all across the globe, and you want you ask yourself why, you don't have to look any further than the $150 billion that these companies have made by selling that product. With that many zeros, you don't, there really doesn't need to be any other reason. Anyway, that's that's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but really, it. I'm not. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but when you're when you're talking about a solution for these problems, that is less important than you would think, right? The solution is standing up for ourselves, asserting our sovereignty as individuals and as a province, and moving forward. While the rest of the world, you know, you want to stick 87 needles in your arms or go get a shot every second Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. We're doing our own thing. Did you see what I did there? That was dirty. And I didn't even mean to do it. But you're welcome. Uh, uh, Pete says, what do you think? Chemtrails, yes or no? No. Prove me wrong. With some real stuff based in reality and uh, according to the laws of physics. And then we'll talk. But that's not saying that there isn't something happening. What I'm saying is those lines in the sky you see have a little to zero chance of being the chemtrails that you think people are spraying on you. I think if it is happening, it's being done in a different way and you wouldn't see those trails. As a matter of fact, I heard... Oh, am I allowed to do it? Can I? It's going to be poking fun a little bit. But please don't be offended. I'm just a sarcastic asshole. Okay? So I hear chemtrail season is coming. As we get into winter, you're going to notice um, there's a lot of chem sprayers even on the ground. Cars, you're going to see them spraying chems out their exhaust. And even people, you got to don't stand too close to them because you're going to see the chems and there's the lines that come out of their mouth when they're speaking. There's only one explanation and it must be that they're, they're chem bots. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I hope that even if you believe in that stuff, that you found that a little bit funny. If you don't, uh, I'll try harder next time. Uh... Interesting comments. Interesting comments uh, this evening. Ah, Bonnie says, good point. The battle to win the attention of the people is way harder than getting a political position. Isn't that the truth? Even so, it isn't all that hard. We just need better funding. That is true. Problem is that those with money are embroiled in corporate political world and we have no access to. The other thing is the people that have money have a lot to lose and cancel culture is very real. And we haven't done such a great job of showing that we can be aligned and support good people who are standing up and doing things. Instead, we say things like, who's doing this and why? Obviously, if they have money, they must be corrupt and part of the system. 
wow, way to be aligned into um, into failure. But that's that's the reality. People are scared of being canceled. Um, do you folks know what the Allen report is? The Allen report looked into foreign interference and influence in in vilifying Alberta's oil sand or Alberta's energy industry. Do you know how much money was injected? Do you know how much money was fundraised and used to do that? One point, oh my goodness, one point three or one point five billion dollars. Either way, a shit ton of money. And if you wonder what one billion dollars is. Consider this, a million dollars is a lot of money, right? Imagine you had a million dollars cash in front of you, a stack of a million dollars. A billion dollars is 1,000 stacks of $1 million. That is a big, big number. And that's how much money was invested in the anti-energy campaign that has forced Alberta to do things like invest in carbon capture. And talk about leaving oil in the ground and pay four, five, six, ten times as much for energy, power and electricity, uh, natural gas, stuff like that, than we should. Talk about funding. The people against us, they're funding no problem. As a matter of fact, our government, our federal government, sponsored a lot of those uh, organizations that have done this. Uh, what else we got here? <laughs> yeah, comments on the carbon tax. Comments on uh, Health Canada interfering in our uh, administration of health. Where do you think we as Canada will be in three years? Pete. In three years, if Alberta stands up for itself and asserts our sovereignty in every single area possible, and we tell the federal government, no, we are not going to follow you down that ludicrous path, Canada will be in fantastic shape. If Alberta stands up and says, hey, federal government, we're not happy within Confederation, and if you don't, uh, if you don't change your ways, we're leaving. If we have a referendum on secession, on, on withdrawing from confederation, in three years, Canada will be in a better place. Why? Because that will force, that will be the catalyst that causes reality to slap the rest of Canada in the face. Get off your ridiculous path, your anti-human, anti-prosperity path, and let's focus on reality. Or not, and then Alberta's, you know, they're out. They need a wake-up call. And some of the provinces, they need encouragement so that they can stand up as well. If the provinces could stand up and say enough is enough, we're not going down this path, Canada would be in a much better place in three years. Maybe that's all. Maybe that's all for tonight. It's 10 o'clock. I got to go to bed. This is an interesting comment. Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, it's from Dorota. 
Chris, you know how unity could be accomplished, meaning agreement, by alignment with objective truth. That's an interesting statement. The problem is, very few people live in objective truth. Their truth is subjective. There are people watching right now who will say, the truth is that there's a genocide going on. Now, objectively, I look around me and I don't see that. That is not my truth. That truth is subjective. And actually, I think unless you're um, focused on something apart and higher from yourself or from human beings in general, truth is almost always subjective because truth, as they say, is in the eye of the beholder. Right? Yeah. So I think it's less about agreement and more about alignment with a common subjective truth. Like I say, we need to do something. We need to stand up for ourselves and get off of this anti-human path. Um, for a lot of people, that is not the truth. As a matter of fact, the truth is exactly the opposite. A lot of people would say, no, we need to continue going down this path because humans are a virus on the planet. We need to eradicate ourselves. That's the truth for them. And only when we look at something higher than ourselves and we consider something like, oh, you know, man was created in the image of the creator and the earth was created for us to have dominion over, um, then, you know, we're spinning our wheels and human flaw. Uh, what else? I'm looking for... Uh, so there's a lot of questions about Daniel Smith. Now, my subjective truth on the matter is different than yours, maybe, because... I don't know, maybe I've talked to different people or I know things you don't. Uh, I think she's doing a fantastic job. I certainly don't agree with her on everything. I certainly do not agree on the net zero stuff. I know where they're going with it, trying to play the game, trying to beat the enemy with their own playbook. I get it. Um, I don't like it. But there's a lot of places, a lot of things that we're aligned on. And one of them is that Alberta needs to be sovereign in their decision-making that affects the people of this province. That's a big one. And how many other premiers do you recall ever saying anything like that? Zero. Oh, that I remember. <clears throat> ah, Dorota says truth is objective. Opinions are subjective. You show a serious lack of philosophical education. Well, yeah, I'm certainly not educated as a philosopher. I literally pour coffee and make hamburgers for a living. That's what I do. I'm not a philosopher. I'm sharing my opinion. And my opinion is truth is not objective. At least in these conversations. Tell me how, if truth is objective, how could it be that our side will say, hey, what's being done is completely wrong because of these truths. 
And the other side could say, no, what's being done is completely right because of these truths. It's subjective to them and it's not opinions. They're actually looking at uh, the world around them and, and, and considering what they're seeing as fact. It's, it never was objective in the first place. Even genders. I say there's two genders. Well, maybe three or four because of natural things like, you know, genetic, whatever happens and you end up with weird chromosomes that don't actually put you physiologically in one or the other. That does happen. Gender is subjective now. Ten years ago, it was an objective fact. But it turns out that it never was because apparently gender is subjective to the beholder or to the to the person observing or feeling or whatever. Anyway, no, I'm not a philosopher. Ah. Bingo, Dale. There is only one truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Well, that to me is a fact, an objective fact. However, uh, there are a lot of people who won't agree with that. I, I think I get where you're going, Dakota. And I have an idea about that as well. So there's a, a lot of question about ethics over the last three years. Um, and a lot of times people will conflate ethics and morals. So ethics are a construct of the society, of, of, of a given society. For instance, there are societies um, that have very little in interaction with the modern world, and they still eat each other. Now, do we think that's ethical in Canada? No, we don't. We think it's morally repugnant and ethically wrong. But there are other societies that say that that's completely fine and normal because their ethics have been constructed that way. And this is kind of where we find ourselves in politics right now. There are a big group of people in this country that believe it was ethical to de demean and discriminate against unvaccinated individuals. They thought that was ethical because according to the greater good, if those people are demeaned and discriminated against, then we will all be better off for it. Well, us on the other side, we don't believe that. Now, if you back that down to our, a moral argument, is it ever moral to demean a fellow human being for their choices in their life? The answer would be no. But those morals can be cast aside in the perspective of the greater good. Kind of interesting how that stuff works. I think I read that in a book somewhere. It might have actually been a cookbook. Huh. Actually, I think it was. No, that did come out of a cookbook. It was the ethical arguments for the moral application of cilantro in Mexican food. That's where it came from. Sorry. You know what? I actually, thank you, Bonnie. I actually do have to get some rest uh, because it's quarter after 10. And tomorrow I will be getting up at the 
crack of 5 a.m., which isn't even dawn, I'll be going to the Whistle Stop Cafe, firing up my Traeger smoker, and I will be putting on the pork butts for tomorrow. They're sitting in my cooler, brining in a beautiful pork rub that I made myself. So I'm going to smoke some pork butts, and I'm going to get ready for a hopefully very busy day at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Miro, Alberta, because as some of you know, tomorrow, this weekend actually, is free unserviced camping anywhere, anywhere out there. Have a camp at the parking lot, fill your boots. Just don't empty your tanks there. You want to go park in the green space or in the trees, fill your boots. Have fun. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. It's supposed to be like uh, low 20s Saturday and Sunday. So come on down, bring your camper, bring your uh, fire pit, do whatever you want to do. Let's have a little get together at the Whistle Stop Cafe. And also tomorrow morning, I'll be doing a free pancake breakfast. I haven't done that in a while. And I, I really enjoy doing that. So we're going to make a whole bunch of pancakes and scrambled eggs. And oh, shoot, did we get enough bacon? Probably. Uh, bacon and sausage. And it's going to be free. We'll put a donation bucket out there. And if you want to help cover the cost of it, feel free. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, bring your family, bring your friends, enjoy some breakfast, meet some people, have some conversations, go put a fire pit and responsibly roast some marshmallows, hot dogs, whatever you want to do. My property is your property for the weekend. I feel like I'm going to regret saying that. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I got a busy day ahead of me. And then uh, Saturday night, just going to be a regular, old, relaxing, beautiful night. We'll stop Cafe in Alberta. Sunday, we're going to do uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So I'll be cooking off a bunch of turkeys and some nice ham with like real ham, not pressed ham. We'll do a Thanksgiving dinner. And no, it's not going to be free, but it'll be reasonable. And actually, um, every single time we've done something like that, somebody always phones in and they're like, hey, we'll buy Thanksgiving dinner for a family or for four or five people, whatever. And so, you know, there's, <laughs> there's lots of times that people come and have supper who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. And that's one of the beautiful things about the Wasop Cafe, and one of the reasons why I love it so much because we get to be a part of that. So, free camping at the Whistle Stop, pancake breakfast tomorrow, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. I'll start serving lunch at 12, which will be uh, smoked pork butts and burgers and hot dogs and stuff outside. Uh, small charge for that kind of stuff, but you know, it's not free. And yeah, let's just have a good time. Some of these conversations that we're having right now. Uh, not really conversations is really one-sided because I forget to check the comments, but uh, you know, we can have these conversations there and they happen a lot. You wouldn't believe how many times people come in and like the place will be busy and uh, there'll be two people at a four person table and they just so two people go and join them complete strangers. And all of a sudden there's friendships made and conversations had, and it's, it's just, it's really, really cool to watch. And if you haven't experienced it yet, try it out. I, I, you won't be, you won't be sorry. Anywho, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope there's nothing that I forgot to talk about. Um, just really quickly, some other news. Ah, yes, there's some merch discounts and fuel discounts. Or maybe... <sighs> Gift certificate things for Whistle Stop Cafe supporters group subscribers. 
Um, if you want to support what I do, you can always subscribe to the supporters group page. I think it's $6.99 a month or something like that. Pretty reasonable. A lot cheaper than Netflix and a lot less interesting than Netflix. Um, but yeah, it does take the sting off of traveling around and doing stuff like that. So you can find that on the Whistle Stop Cafe page. Click on the little three buttons and go down to groups and find Whistle Stop Cafe Sports Group. And you can subscribe there. I really appreciate when you do that. Also, you get, uh, I believe you get notifications for live streams and podcasts and stuff like that um, more often. Uh, also, Marco Hugenboss and I are going to be doing a Get Candid with the Candidates. The people that are running for UCP board positions at this AGM, uh, we're going to talk to them. We're going to do it on podcast. We're going to ask them some tough questions. We're going to uh, share the answers with you, and we're going to take questions from the comments as well. So, you know, if you want to know who is running for board positions of the United Conservative Party, um, that might be a good place to find some information. In addition to that, I just got the calendar for APP, Alberta Prosperity Project, not Alberta Pension Plans, but we'll talk about that, Alberta Prosperity Project events coming up, and we're going to be all over the place. We'll be launching uh, what we are calling the Ambassadors for Independence Tour, the Alberta Prosperity Project Ambassadors for Independence Tour, featuring uh, Mr. Corey Morgan from the Western Standard. Now, if you don't know who Corey is, Corey wrote a book called The Sovereignist Handbook. He's been an advocate for an independent Alberta uh, for years, and he's extremely knowledgeable on it. Another thing that he's extremely knowledgeable on is how to approach people and talk about these things. Because right now in Alberta, the word separation or secession or independence or, or freedom or prosperity or opportunity, human flourishing, they're all dirty words. And so what we're going to do is we're going to travel uh, hopefully to your town or close to your town. And we're going to speak to you about what the Alberta Prosperity Project is, why we're advocates for Alberta sovereignty, possibly through independence. And we're going to help you educate you as to how to talk to people about this. What are the talking points about Alberta independence that you should know so you can talk to your friends and neighbors? That's what the Alberta Ind uh, Ambassadors for Independence Tour is going to be, or APPL Ambassadors for Independence Tour is going to be. Dennis, Dr. Dennis Modry, uh, Mr. Corey Morgan, and me, Chris Scott from Will Stop Cafe, will be speaking on these things at events all over the province. Right from Southern Alberta, Cowley, Stavely, Medicine Hat area, all the way up to Grand Prairie and everywhere in between. So you look forward to that. And you know what? Uh, the people that subscribe to the Whistle Stop Cafe Supporters Group page, that really, really helps me do those things because I do have to take time off from the restaurant, which as a, if you run a small business, you know that you can't afford to take time off from your restaurant. I did it for three years. I've been doing that for three years and it's taken a severe toll, but you know, it's all right because we just do what we do as capitalist pigs and we earn money. But your subscription and support helps uh, helps take this thing off a little bit. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I want to remind you how much we have to be thankful for. Wow, something's funny out there. We live in a very beautiful province. We're resource rich. We have everything we need. We have friends and neighbors who are all around us ready to help us at any time. Uh, and when disasters strike Alberta, this, this province just mobilizes immediately and regular people come to the aid of regular people. 
I want to remind you that that's the kind of province that we live in here. And we should be extremely thankful for that. As I look at what's going on in the world and I talk to friends that I've made from across the globe and I hear what's happening there, I am really happy. I'm really happy that we're taking the stand from this place here because we have the best chance to make a difference and be leaders and set an example for people all over the world who want to be prosperous and believe in the sanctity of human life. So I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful for you. And I'm also thankful that it's 1023 and it's bedtime because I am friggin' exhausted. Good night all. Where's the button? Good grief. I need a producer. Carrie, where are you? Ah, Carrie's doing karaoke. I'm also thankful for Carrie. Impressive.